Hello, Boston. This is Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. And today we're going to be talking with Miss Rachel Meiselman. Um, she is a fellow producer here at BNN um, of Bostonian rap. And she is going to share with us about uh, a, her political campaign and also She's going to share a little bit about um, what it's like being a Republican in Massachusetts and specifically Boston. I think this is going to be an exciting conversation, and we'll be right back to talk with Rachel. And welcome back to Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. And again, we are being blessed with the presence of Miss Rachel Meiselman. Rachel, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, Vivian. So first of all, let me just tell you what a privilege it is to be on your show, Vibes with Viv. Uh, I'm looking forward to having... Uh, a very thoughtful and uh, I hope authentic. In fact, I'm sure authentic uh, discussion, not only about my campaign, uh, but also political diversity and what it is like to be a Republican in Massachusetts, in Boston in particular, and also as a female and also as a woman of color, uh, a person of color. Wow, I am so excited to have you here. I had an opportunity to hear you share a little bit on another producer's program here on um, BNN. And I thought, I really would like to have a conversation with this woman. So first, I'd like for you to share a little bit about your political campaign. Sure. So I'm running uh, for what's called the state committee. So the Democratic Party has a state committee and the Republican Party has a state committee. And what it is in principle is you have a state committee man and a state committee woman uh, that represents each state Senate district on uh, the state committee. Now, if you look at the Democratic Party, they have all kinds of subcommittees, um, but with the Republican Party, it's just you have the 80-member uh, body. And again, it's it's made up of a state committee man and a state committee woman for each state Senate district. So a lot of people, they don't really know what it's about. Uh, well, particularly in the Republican Party and part of my campaign, it's not just about getting elected to this body and it's a party position. Okay, so I want to stress that. So it's not actually public office. It's a party position. But part of what drives me, uh, not only to get elected to, you know, help promote the Republican message, to to help recruit candidates, to raise help raise money for the party, but it's also to educate people. I find that speaking more broadly, more generally, 
there's a real dearth of information. I, I, I'm always meeting people that just don't understand what's going on. They don't understand how things work. There are people, and, and this, isn't, this isn't to, to diminish anybody. I'm, I'm just, I'm giving, you know, I'm about to give examples that just speak to the lack of knowledge that so many of us have, so many people have, and, and we just, we have to change that. There are people that, you know, they may think that they can vote for someone who's running for Congress, for instance. Uh, so I'm over here in what's the 7th Congressional District. There are people, well, when I ran, there was someone who lived on the other side of the state, and she really liked what I had to say. And she asked me if she could vote for me. And I had to I had to tell her that you have to live in the district. So it's not the same thing as running as, uh, you know, as if I were running for U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. So that's just one example. Uh, you have still other people that say right here in Boston, they don't understand that they have five people on the city council, we all do, that are dedicated to, in principle, uh, to advocating on behalf of us, you know, addressing our needs and concerns that are there to advocate and legislate on our behalves. So I explained to people that the the 13-member body of the Boston City Council, you have four at-large councilors, and the rest are district councilors. So you have a district, and a lot of people don't know who their district councilor is. Or they might not be able to name all of the at-large councilors. And so, again, I'm not looking to diminish people by giving these precise examples. What I'm just trying to underline is that I believe that government works best when we have a two-party system, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be fighting so hard to bring Republican values and ideas into the 3rd Suffolk District, which is the state Senate district where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, it's, it's a broader campaign in a sense that I want people to be educated. I think that we work best, yes, when it's a two-party uh system, but also when people are, are are informed and when people know how government works, I feel that pushing civics to the back burner or getting rid of it from curricula altogether has really hurt us. And unfortunately, you know, I'm in my early 50s, so I'm 52. Unfortunately, not all people in my age group are even older, but generally people who are uh, like a little older, they, they're, they're pretty well informed. But we need to make sure that we are well informed as well and that we, we see to it that younger generations uh, have uh, at least a basic rudimentary knowledge of how, how government works, the different levels of government and how they are sometimes interdependent and how sometimes that there's certain 
powers, if you will, that are specific to one government, uh, one level of government versus another. This is all very important. Uh, people need to know the players. I mean, I met one person. He thought that Marty Walsh was the governor of the state. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not looking to 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 belittle anybody. You know, and, 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 you, and you chuckle because it's kind of cute because I'm sure Marty Walsh is like, oh, really? Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, this is, of course, when Marty Walsh was, a ma- was the mayor of Boston. But it just it just goes to show that there's so many people who are not not only, I would say, not informed, but I feel also not really engaged. I want to change that. So if you were to win this position, how, how long would this position be for? So that's an excellent question. Um, this is a position that lasts four years. That's another thing. A lot of people don't understand and don't realize when this election takes place. So when you vote for president, you also vote for state committee man and woman. And so just like president, it's actually a four-year term. Uh-huh. And... It's sometimes the position that people don't even bother to vote for because, again, they're not engaged, or they're not informed, or they're not engaged. And I want to change that. So, so you would not be, or this position would not be part of the primary that's coming up next month. Is that correct? Actually, so it actually would be. Okay. So you vote for uh, your state committee man and your state committee woman. Uh-huh. When you vote for president. Okay. So every four years, you're going to see an election. You look at the ballot. You obviously see the list of presidential candidates. Mm -hmm. But further down the ballot, you're going to see names for state committee man and state committee woman. Mm -hmm. And in Boston, in Boston, you also see uh, the list of, I mean, I'll, you know, I might as well let people know this too. Uh, you also see the list of names for ward committee. Okay. Now, Boston in particular is made up of 22 wards. And the ward is the smallest political unit that you have. Okay. And it's important to have that. Now, in, in Boston, we have some wards that are technically set up, but they're not doing anything, and we can't have that. And so we want to make sure that we have 22 wards, and we want to make sure that all those wards are working and that there is act- that there's activity that can be pointed to because we need to grow the party. Okay, so there there are twenty two wards, and um, there are ward. I'm sorry, there are ward captains or ward. That's actually an excellent question because for wards you do have a chair, uh-huh. and you need three officers. So you need the ward, um, you need a treasurer, and you need a secretary. Okay, and they are they also on the ballot? Who? <coughs> Who you have to vote for? Yes, they are. They okay. are. So it's not a matter of you're running to be ward chair. Okay. You're running to be on the ward. Okay. And once the wards are formed, 
you know, once you have the results, there's the formation of the wards, then you, you know, the officers are designated. But again, Republicans were at a tremendous disadvantage because we don't have 22 fully functioning operative wards. Mm -hmm. That needs to change. So the way it works, unfortunately, the way it has been working with the Republican Party, their strategy, and it's it's something I very much disagree with. So it kind of makes me... um, the you know the, the the proverbial redheaded stepchild, if I could say it like that, you know we have we make that joke, but it's it's I'm regarded with suspicion by what most people have accepted as oh the two factions in the party. So you have the supposedly more moderates who are more aligned with Charlie Baker, the former governor. And then you have the, you know, the the more conservative who are uh, more aligned with the former chairman of the Republican Party, Jim Lyons. And he was, in fact, the chair chairman just before the current chairperson. Um, and I just I re- first of all, I reject that model. Because I don't think that if you are a Republican you are under any obligation to align yourself with one side or the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all part of the same party. I see a lot of talk, or I hear a lot of talk about how it's important to reach across the aisle. Well, it's important to make efforts to reach out to people that might not necessarily agree with you on a certain point within your own party. And I would think <laughs> that the reaching wouldn't be as far because we're technically talking about the same party. So we have to change that. We have to we have to change that way of thinking. We are one party. And there might be people who are more conservative, uh, more moderate and more conservative. I happen to be more conservative. I am a conservative woman. I am a traditional woman. That's okay. But that doesn't mean I have to align myself with this particular side of the party that calls itself conservative. That doesn't mean that I have to say what they say. <coughs> I have a right to think as I as I would please. Understandable, understandable. So you as a, um, <coughs> in your position, in this position that you are, um, trying to achieve, what what would you be doing? What what would you be promoting? What would you be what would be involved in this? Generally, if you could share a little bit, generally speaking, and then um, specifically you. So, in this position, what I would hope to do is to basically build the party. We have the same people running for positions every election cycle. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use a very, you know, a a very um, precise example. And some people might not 
appreciate it, but I am a candid individual. Uh, I'm known for my candor. I'm not rude. I'm not disrespectful. Um, I'm candid. So we have Jeff Deal. Now, Jeff Deal is entitled, as we all are, to run, how you know, however many times that any of us want. But my question is, it's good that we have Jeff Deal, but we should have other options as well. It's, I liken it to having a basketball team. And we can't just have Larry Bird. See, I'm dating myself here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We can't just have Larry Bird. Larry Bird has to have a team around him, which, of course, Larry Bird did. There also has to be a bench. So I think it's very important that we have a choice to offer people, an alternative to the Democrats, but it can't just be the same people and only these people all the time. Now, now when you say the same people, Jeff, I'm sorry. Jeff Deal. Jeff Deal. And what is his position? So Jeff Deal, um, he was a state rep uh-huh. um, for a bit, and then he ran for state Senate, and then he ran for U.S. Senate, and then he ran for governor, and now he's running for state Senate again. And I don't have any problem with that. And Jeff's runs does not mean, I'm not trying, I'm uh, you know, please understand, I'm not trying to say that he's not someone that has, you know, it's not like he doesn't have something to say, that he couldn't be valuable in this role, that he couldn't produce uh, and deliver in this role. What I'm saying is that if we're going to be a viable party, we need to have different people to run. So Jeff can run, but we need to also see other faces. The Republican Party, it's always the same faces. So how how would you, how could that be remedied? I mean, we, we need to build the party. We need to build the party. And I'm going to be further frank. What a lot of people have done, it's been, they've treated, particularly in places like Suffolk County, where our numbers are so low. In fact... In Suffolk County, we're only at like 4.6%. I mean, that's that's abysmal. By anyone's standards, that's abysmal. As of February 1st of 2023, and this can be easily looked up, Republicans, the percentage of Republican voters in Suffolk County, which of course is Boston, Winthrop, Revere, Chelsea, the percentage of Republican voters was somewhere around 4.6%. That's unacceptable. Okay. And so it's it's not that we have no Republicans at all, but quite frankly, with that percentage and the numbers that that percentage represents, it's, it's almost like we don't exist. And the Republicans that are here... I'm going to be, I'm, 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 you know, and I'm going to use that word candid. I have, to, I have to be honest. I feel that they have used their position 
as you know it's they they're treating it as kind of like it's a status thing this is my turf this is my fiefdom and my argument my proposal because i want to go very much in a different direction is if you are going to step up step forth and say hey i want to be a leader well then you've got to lead and you got to produce wow well i i and you got to you got to deliver and and our numbers have been steadily declining we cannot be a viable party and then have one county in the Commonwealth where we don't even have 5% of voters. That's just not possible. And we can't argue that the people who have been in positions to make a difference, who have been on the state committee, we can't say that they've done a good job. It doesn't mean that they haven't been well-meaning. And I thank them for their service. But we can't argue that they've done a good job. Not when we have less than 5% and our numbers have steadily declined. Well, this has been an eye-opening educational experience for me. And we're going to take a very short break and we'll be right back. Again, this is Vibes with Viv speaking here with Rachel Meiselman on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. WBCALP, honoring the contributions of prominent black figures to the society. Otis Boykin, inventor. Otis Boykin holds 27 patents. The most notable is the electronic control device for guided missiles, IBM computers, and the pacemaker. For more on black excellence, be sure to visit our website at bnnmedia.org and tune in to WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. Boston's community radio station. Did you know you can listen to WBCA from anywhere in the world? Stream us online at WBCARadio.org from your computer or smartphone to hear the latest in local music and news every day from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. The following commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119. Attention, WBCA LP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org. And welcome back to Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston's 
community radio station. And again, we're here with Miss Rachel Meiselman, and she is sharing with us about um, what it's like being a Republican here in Boston and her um, political um, committee um, campaign. Rachel, I can you t- explain to me, for, from what I understand, the primary responsibilities would would be to help promote the Republican Party, to raise money, and to educate people. That is what this position, those are the responsibilities of this position, if I understand. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's actually, that's excellent. Um, and I like how you ran down that list because I think that that enumeration will be a very um, nice takeaway for listeners. So, yes, thank you very much. So, Certainly, you know, you want to help the party raise money. You want to help promote the Republican message. And this one I'm really kind of leaning on heavily because this point, I'm really trying to emphasize it, underline it, stress it, because we don't have a lot of venues where we as Republicans, you know, in this part of the state in general, but particularly in this part of the state where we can express ourselves, you know, when it comes to the Republican Party and when it becomes when it comes to the, the different actors, rather. There is very much a monopoly, and that speaks to a point that I made before our break, that we have people not everyone, but we do have, unfortunately, some people who have stepped up, and I'm speaking more broadly, you know, not just relative to the uh, to this, uh, state committee race, but more broadly, who have stepped up. They're going to be voices for the political right, maybe not just the Republican Party itself, but, you know, a little bit more broadly, the uh, the political right. And they just have a monopoly and people are happy with that. The problem is, is we're not reaching as many people as we need to with that monopoly. And then, of course, I told you about the factions in the party. And a lot of people are more than happy to align themselves with one side or another. And that doesn't work for me. And apparently that doesn't work for a lot of other people because I'm going to tell you Vivian, that our numbers are uh, shrinking. The Democratic Party is also losing voters. And what is the biggest voting block now by far and away? And and it's it's I think been like this. This isn't nothing. I mean, this isn't anything new. It's been it's been this way for a while. But the numbers for unenrolled voters or independent voters, it keeps on growing. Our problem with the Republican Party is that we're not benefiting from that. So someone needs to explain to me how having these monopolies, how allowing people to have their little fiefdoms by, you know, pushing or upholding this bogus, stupid narrative, ridiculous, absurd narrative that if you're a Republican, you're, and you're active, you have to be on one side or the other, how that's benefiting us. It's not. It's not at all. 
we need to use as many venues, as many channels as possible to get out who we are. We can't let ourselves be defined by people who are not us. We can't. We also can't be defined by the activity that some of us choose to engage in. In other words, the monopolies, the fiefdoms, the, you know, you're either moderate or you're conservative. We can't allow ourselves to be defined by all that because at the end of the day, I find that those, all those ideas about the Republican Party and who and what we are and what we're about, all of that is, is very of the time, if you will. Now, now, once a person or once you become a state committee person or state committee woman, sure, um, would you be working alongside the man, the state committee man, or how, how does that work? Yes, so that that's that's a, that's a good question, and I'll just say that another thing that state committee people do, and I want people to take this away as well, is that we're responsible for recruiting candidates, but of course in Suffolk County. We need to build the party. I mean, we're just, we're at, we are so depleted and we are so, our infrastructure is so lacking that we have to work on that. That's not an excuse for us not to run people. But what I'm saying is as a parallel activity, you know, looking for candidates, we'll also have to build our infrastructure. But to your, but to your question, yes. So the state committee man and the state committee woman Ideally, they do work together. That That is the goal. Now, does that mean that they have to both be conservative or both be moderate or agree on everything? No. But there needs to be a cordial working relationship. And, you know, sometimes that's the case. And unfortunately, sometimes that's not the case. And I'm not just talking now about the Republican Party, but that's also true of the Democratic Party. Um, but... One is supposed to work with the other. And this position, does it, is it supported by the, um, I don't know, who is the head now of the Republican? So that, that's actually an excellent question. So the, um, so the previous chair was right. Jim Lyons. Mm-hmm. Before Jim Lyons, it was a woman named Kirsten Hughes who's now um, a clerk magistrate over in South Boston. And Kirsten was also um, on the Quincy City Council for a number of years. Kirsten's a very interesting person. And I actually I actually like her. She's very interesting indeed. Has a lot of different skills. Then, as I said, you had Jim Lyons. And Jim Lyons was actually a state rep for a number of years. Mm-hmm. So now people listening to that might think, well, do I have to be an elected official in order to try to run for a party chair? No, not at all. <laughs> That's not at all necessary. So now I want to get to the current chair, and her name is Amy Carnavali. So it's Chairman Carnavali, and uh, Amy has worked in Washington and for a number of years, she's worked in, uh, you know, in the role of, of a, I would say, a lobbyist. Um, she's been a political person, you know, uh, maybe a consultant, consultant lobbyist. Say, uh, I would say that's been her role. 
And uh, she's also been on the state committee for a number of years. So now people might be saying, well, wait a minute, you can be on the state committee and you can be the chair of the whole party. Yes, you can. (laughs) So Amy has been, um, she's been the chair now. And what's interesting is that the state committee, uh, the term for the state committee man, a state state committee woman, as I said, it's four years. But this, uh, but the party chair, you're only that term is only good for two years. So, uh, Amy actually, uh, her her term will end. Uh, she'll well, she'll be up for reelection should she run, and I believe she will. Um, there'll be a vote. I believe probably sometime like late January of next year. I think that's how it'll work. So another role for the state committee man and the state committee woman is to vote for the chair of the party. And unfortunately, many people have allowed the role, the very critical role, roles of state committee man and state committee woman to be reduced to just a few yays and nays in in meetings. And then, of course, the yay or nay for party chair. Um, I think personally, Amy Carnavali is doing a very good job. Um, I'm going to use that word candid again. (laughs) Frank, uh, I had my doubts about her and I publicly expressed them. But I'm going to share publicly, and I have, but I'll do it again publicly, what I said to Chairman Carnavali after her victory. You won. I want to see the party succeed. I will support you. I give people a chance because it's important. Now, if people are not delivering, then I'm going to have a problem. But I believe that Amy Carnavali has been delivering. Does this mean that Amy Carnavali supports me for state committee woman? I have no idea what she thinks. And... In keeping with being a good party chair, which, of course, I believe Amy Carnavali is, she cannot get involved in these state committee races. Okay, that was going to be my next question. So that, let let me make that abundantly clear. The party chair is not supposed to get involved with the state committee races. Let me also be clear. The party chair is not supposed to get involved... If there are if there's more than one Republican candidate running for public office, the state party chair cannot get involved. It's these are violations of 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 bylaws, of party bylaws. So what I'm trying to communicate very clearly and very unequivocally is that I don't know what Amy Carnavali thinks of this race or any of the other races. And that's how it should be. Okay. That's how it should be. She has nothing to do with my race. She has nothing to do with any of the other races. She's running her own race, both for state committee. I believe she's running for state committee. Um, And and then also, should she seek a reelection? And I believe she is for party chair. 
That's how it, it should go. That is what we call transparency. And that's part of the reason why I support her. I I think it's very important that we have a party chair that is even keeled, that is fair, and that is committed to offering voters everywhere, although my concern is the 3rd Suffolk District, but I've been involved with party politics throughout the Commonwealth. Uh, You know, the party chair wants to offer people a choice in terms of perspective, but also in terms of candidates. So uh, I, I say all that because... I want people to understand that regardless of what Chairman Carnavali thinks about what's going on anywhere in Suffolk County, not just my my race, but anywhere or anywhere else in the Commonwealth, I support her. And I do that because she's delivering. I don't think that the Republican Party can be a viable one if they do not include all the counties. And after straightening out, I mean, it made made the headlines, we had problems, financial problems in the party. After resolving that, or actually I should say while resolving that, Amy has been working on building the numbers of of the number of elected officials. So we picked up a seat in the state Senate, Peter Durant, who's excellent. Uh, That was wonderful news. We are on track uh, to hold on to the state rep seat that Peter Durant had because he actually moved from the House to the Senate. So that's wonderful news. And so it's just it's about building the party and taking advantage of opportunities wherever we can. Um, But I think that not only has she done that, not only has she addressed the financial issues, but she has not been bogged down by that. She has dealt with that very effectively and at the same time has been able to perform other aspects of her role. So in other words, building the party and... And, and really putting forth messaging and, and, and weighing in on different issues, but not with general, you know, not with just like kind of vague statements or platitudes that are elastic that can be used in, in, in just different contexts, but really pointed remarks. And so I really appreciate that. So, so does the, do the state committee people work along with the party chair or under the party chair? How, how does that work? So that's very interesting. So um, I like words. Um, you know, people are, are discovering that I like numbers too, because I've really delved into the numbers um, relative to to Republican, <laughs> um, the number of people who are enrolled and you know, the percentages, all of that. 
Um, but yeah, I certainly like words. That's, I think, commonly known. And, and I think that your usage, you know, of prepositions along versus under, I think that it's a partnership. Um, but, you know, the chair is the chair. So I think that both prepositions are suitable. So we certainly work, I would say, under Amy Carnavale, Chairman Carnavale, um, that is the current uh, members of the council of the committee. And, you know, should I uh, have the privilege of serving? Should I should I be victorious in this race? Um, I would be working under her. You know that she is the chair of the party. Um, however, it, it is we we do we do work alongside her too, in a sense, because we are you know we're all rowing in the same direction. It doesn't mean that we we don't have we'll never have differences of opinion. At the state committee, I should say, well, not, you know, because <laughs> I, I hope to win, but we'll see. But I'm certainly hoping I'm working toward uh, what I hope is a victory. Um, but, you know, the, the current members of the state committee, I mean, certainly they don't always have to agree with the chair, whoever it may be. Mm-hmm. But their disagreements should be, I think, expressed in a context that would allow or that would yield I think um, a more comprehensive and stronger proposal to a, to an issue uh, um, to address an issue or a solution uh, a better solution I, I don't think that disagreement sh- should should take place to win points score points political points or to embarrass anybody, or to draw lines in the sand. That's not what state committee members are there to do. State committee members are there to really help the chair and her or his goal um, to to build the party and, and make it a strong, viable alternative to the Democratic Party or any third parties, because we do, of course, have third parties. And how, if one has this position, how much, in order to be successful in this position, mm-hmm. how much time it would be required of that person? You know, that's an excellent question. And again, um, you know, there are three people in my race. Um, two of us live in Boston. One of us, uh, you know, one of the candidates, um, lives in Winthrop, and then you have uh, two candidates for state uh, state committee man. So both state committee man and woman races in, in, in this district are, are being, you know, they're, they're you know, their challenges. Um, they're, you know, there's several candidates, more than one, there's more than one candidate. Mm-hmm. I think that for this... It's not going to be a simple matter of just going to a meeting every three, four months. I think that, you know, real work is going to have to be done um, because it's just, like I said, there is nobody, there is nobody who can make an argument that 
is acceptable as a percentage of registered Republicans in Suffolk County. That is abysmal. That is shameful and that is unacceptable. So so are you saying that t- typically or or well I think I think just in general but I mean you know obviously then these are numbers that are relative to Suffolk County. Um I do have breakdown the breakdown uh you know for numbers for the specific municipalities in the third Suffolk district, um, you know, for Revere, Winthrop and Boston. And it's just, it's sad. It's sad. And so, you know, to, to get, you know, very specifically to your question, I think that, you know, obviously I'm running, um, you know, I'm not running to just make a statement. I'm running to win as I would imagine all the other candidates are too. Um, and should I uh, be fortunate enough to prevail, um, you know, I'm certainly, you know, we always work on our time management and I would have, you know, designated time. Okay, this is, you know, my nine to six job, nine to five job. Um, you know, we say, we, we you know, we use the, the nine to five work model, right? But, you know, nine to five, nine to six. Um you know, here's the time I enjoy myself, but we would definitely need to carve out time to take care, to perform the duties of this role. And to be honest with you, Vivian, for years I've been doing this role without having this title. And I don't mind. In fact, I love it. You know, I think that, you know, going to civic association meetings, going to, uh, you know, a town council meeting in Winthrop, uh, a city council meeting in Revere or Boston, uh, participating in a Zoom, being an attendee in a Zoom meeting on the redesigning of, you know, this area or that area, you know, writing letters to the editor, offering testimony at at a meeting. It's, uh, you know, at a hearing, a municipal hearing. These are all things that I've been doing for years anyway. But it would just be more in the con in, in, in a party context. You know, okay, I'm doing this as a state committee woman on the Massachusetts Republican State uh, State Committee. And and so in addition to that, to doing those types of things, sure. sort of networking and getting your getting your voice, the Republican voice out there in the community. Sure. There might be um, uh, quarterly or um, every I don't know every other month or, or it's, it's me- like, meetings that this, this yeah, group would have. That's, yeah, that's what I'm the, trying yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the meetings happen several times a year. Okay. Um, and, you know, sure, you know, undoubtedly, you know, there's communication, you know, between meeting times and um, there there's communication between state committee men and women and the party chair. It's... It, you know, it's not just, okay, you show up for a meeting, you say yay or nay, you listen, and then you go home. No, it's, it's you know, you have your meetings, but there is also activity between those meetings. And, you know, that's why I say that you, 
you, you really do need to have a decent relationship or, or try um, with different people on the committee, but certainly the party chair as well. And, and you also have to have a decent relationship with people um, who, who are outside that, that, that immediate, you know, outside of that immediate sphere, the Republican sphere. That's how you're going to build the party. Uh, I would also, and to kind of jump back a little, I said, you know, you have to have good relationship with different people in the community. I mean, obviously you want to try to cultivate one with the person who's uh, working with you within your state Senate district. But I think that, again, Suffolk County, because we have the lowest percentage of registered Republicans of all the counties in the Commonwealth, I think that it behooves us to really have a nice working relationship or to have some kind of camaraderie, some kind of association with the other state committee men and women who, who have, uh, rep- you know, who, uh, who uh, have constituents uh, in Suffolk County. It's just so important because I think that we kind of, you know, we would kind of need to band together. Or, you know, again, you know, I, I, I say we, um, in the hopes of a victory, um, I'm working towards that, you know, the same goal as all the other <laughs> candidates are. Um, but but I say this as just like a general kind of uh, comment that I think that for Suffolk County, it just really needs a lot more TLC and I, I just, I really think it's all hands on deck. So all the leaders, um, you know, all the people who are, uh, you know, victorious in this race, I think they all need to work together. Um, but I also think that there needs to be a real identification of other people who will want to lead um, in other roles. And then they need to be brought in too. I mean, it really is all hands on, on deck because, I mean, honestly, it's it's almost like we're on the verge of extinction in this part of the state. It's it's it, you know it's 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 that severe. Wow, um, we're going to take a quick break after that piece of information. And <laughs> on we'll that be, upbeat note, <laughs> and we'll be right back. Did you know you can listen to WBCA from anywhere in the world? You can stream us online at WBCARadio.org from your computer or smartphone to hear the latest in local music and news every day from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And welcome back to Vibes with Viv on WBCALP. 102.9 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. And here we are. Um, we're getting ready to wind down with this really educational and interesting conversation with Miss Rachel Meiselman, who is a fellow uh, producer here at BNN. Her program is Bostonian Rap. And also um, she is currently running to be a Republican State Committee 
woman. Um, this has been an eye-opening and such an educational um, a conversation for me. I've learned so much. Um, it's been absolutely, um, this is, I feel like I've been in my sixth grade civics class, <laughs> um, which, which I appreciate. I, I truly appreciate this. Um, Boston or Massachusetts is definitely a um, predominantly democratic um, um, state, and particularly the the um, the, the area, the, the district that she is the Suffolk Suffolk district that she's Third Suffolk, Suffolk County Third Suffolk district is that she is running in is predominantly a democratic um, uh, county and. This is really, it's very interesting to hear what's going on on the Republican side um, and how this plays into making this um, county, this community, this state more even keel. Now, mind you, we have had several Republican uh, Republican governors. Um, several in my lifetime, and I believe I did a little research. There were some prior to my life in my lifetime. Um, so, mind you, they tended to be a bit moderate, um, as opposed to far right, which seems to be this far right um, um, uh, p- uh, group seems to be very predominantly in the news. Um, nowadays, um, n- not so much, or at least I'm not hearing so much in Massachusetts, but nationally. Um, but it's it's really, you know, we are a at least a two-party uh, country, um, state, although, you know, there are, other, there are other parties as well, but predominantly two-party. And um, it's, it's, it's worth hearing. I believe it's worth hearing the opinions and ideas of others. Um, I think that's only fair. And I think we learn. I think we learn. Um, and we can take a little bit of this. You know, it's like when, you, when, you, when you're baking, you're making something, especially if you're making something new, you might have a recipe that you go with, but you kind of, you might want to tweak it a little bit. So you might take a little bit of something from uh, a little bit more of something or a little bit of uh, something that you never really have used before to try to make it better. Um, so um, I am very grateful to hear, to be hearing what Miss Rachel has been sharing with us and learning about this. So when I go in that booth, I'll have a better understanding of, of you know, of what these things mean. And as she said, a lot for a lot of us, if we don't understand what this position is, we simply don't vote for it. We we ignore that. We go we we deal with what we know and we deal with and even if we don't know a lot about something, we we go with what we've heard perhaps the most of that s- might s- might not sound disagreeable to us but we really don't know about it um but we really need to go in there with 
with all the information that we have so that we can really make intelligent choices. Um, because when we don't make intelligent choices and then when things happen that we're not happy about, I mean, who can we blame but ourselves? So um, we are getting ready to wind down. So, Miss Rachel, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Uh, yes. Uh, so, again, uh, Rachel Meiselman, I'm running to be the state committee woman for the 3rd Suffolk District on the Massachusetts Republican State Committee. That is Revere, Winthrop, and parts of Boston. It's East Boston, the North End, West End, Wharf District, parts of downtown, Back Bay, Beacon Hill, and parts of Fenway. And I think I'm respectfully the best choice because I've been at this for 18 years. And I don't want to just say to people, vote for me. I want to tell them, first of all, what they're voting for, what the position's all about. And I also want to tell them what my experience is and how that will enable me to perform the duties of the role. And I am the only candidate, actually, of all five, you know, I'm including the state committee men candidates, uh, who's trying to do all that. And I think we really do need to do that when we have a county um, where the percentage of registered Republicans is just so gosh darn low. Okay. Well, Rachel, I want to thank you for your time, um, for being here with us here on Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. And I think I'm going to invite you to come back again because we didn't exactly get to all of the things that I really no, wanted to talk uh, what, about. What I will say, <laughs> what I will say very quickly is that it's not easy to be a Republican. It's not easy to be a, a female uh, and Republican, and it's not easy to be a woman, uh, a person of color. So it's, it's you know, I don't want to just kind of run the woman of color together. I had to stop myself. I did that at the beginning of the show. I'm doing it <laughs> at the end um, because I think that each invites its own set of challenges because people have stereotypes. They have ideas, preconceived notions about what Republicans are and, and, and who would be uh, drawn to this message. And and that's, again, where it comes in, um, the necessity of educating people about what Republican ideas actually are. Okay, Rachel, I thank you for your time. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass, 02119. Attention, WBCA LP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.